joy of his salvation. Oh, God's mercy, so amazing. Well, praise the Lord. Who's the faith walker? Uh, that's what we're talking about. We need to be a faith walker, not to walk according to what we see, feel, or hear all the people talking. We need to walk according to the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. And today we're looking at don't be afraid. All right. We want to uh, read from Mark chapter 6, verses 45 through 50. Just a little brief uh, summary of what we've been through thus far. That's Mark 6, 45 and following. Immediately, he, Jesus, made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethsaida while he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. He was alone on the land, and he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. Now, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea and would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus has given them assignment to go to the other side. When Jesus tells you something, it's going to take place. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be nice and easy. Sometimes the devil's going to try to stop you from going and do what God wants you to do. Well, that's what took place with the disciples. A storm came up. Jesus was on the mountain praying. He was in the midst of the storm as well. He saw them trying to get to the other side by themselves. You won't make it. Don't try to do it yourself. So that's what they were trying to do. They said, we're fishermen. We know how to get through this thing. Well, they were troubled so much that they didn't quite recognize Jesus when he was coming to them, and the Scripture said that he could have passed them by. That's what happens when we get wrapped up in the storm. We kind of miss Jesus sometimes. That's what he's trying to tell us, what he wants done. Well, so Jesus came, revealed himself, and said, Listen, guys, it's me. It's me. Be of good cheer. In other words, that's what we looked at last time. Be of good cheer. That's what Jesus uh, said in uh, John 6:33. He said, listen, uh, in this world now you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So you're going to have things that are going to press you down, just kind of get to you, to the idea that it feels like you can't handle it any longer. And sometimes it's going to make you feel like you've got to do, well, I just got to give up. I can't go through this. And you're going to lose your faith, and there it goes. You drown. Now, that's what would happen to the disciples if they wouldn't have recognized Jesus and, and saw him. They were in the storm, and the storm could have caused them to drown. Well, that's what we've been looking at thus far. Now, Jesus comes and not only says, be of good cheer, but listen, guys, don't be afraid. Uh, what, what is being afraid? Well, that's fear, 
terror, amazement, trembling, <laughs> uh, terrified. You know, it's one thing I hate to watch on TV is these monster movies. I used to watch them when I was growing up. I can't stand them now, you know, because you, you turn the lights out and guess what? The monster's there. <laughs> he wants to attack you. He wants to grab hold of you. So uh, I don't want to, I don't want that to happen. Uh, see, uh, fear is being afraid. You get caught up into fear. It's a strong dose of respect for something that is life-threatening, dangerous, and alarming. Yeah, that's, fear is that way. They had fear for something that could have taken their life. They, they, they had respect for it because, you see, these disciples probably had seen storms before, but they also knew they didn't want to be in one. And so when they were in the midst of the storm, they were coming to the point in their lives, uh, uh, we understand this is a storm we have respect for. We know it's dangerous and all. For instance, how many of you like snakes? <laughs> I don't, I tell you. If I see a snake, I'm not going to go up and, 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 and shake his hand if he had one. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to go and start talking to him. I'm going the other way because, you see, the fear of snakes causes me to have respect for him to go the other way, especially those that are poisonous. I am going to turn around and go the other way. That's a respect for something that's very harmful to you. So that's what the disciples were experiencing. The storm, they had fear, uh, fear having respect. This storm could overtake us. That's what was going through their minds. And Jesus says to them, Guys, don't be afraid. Well, as fishermen, they were—they would not want to be in a storm at all. You don't go fishing in a storm. Now, I haven't fished that much. Usually when I fish as a kid, it's off of a pier somewhere. But I know that you would not want to be out in a storm trying to fish. But Jesus said, listen, I'm here. I'm here, guys. You don't have to be afraid. Now, take this. If Jesus is with you, you have no reason to fear. Why is that? Well, over in 1 John chapter 4, turn with me to that. 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, and verse 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. There's no fear in love. Who is Jesus? If Jesus is with you, he is perfect love, and that perfect love will cast out all fear. You see, so you have no reason to fear if Jesus is there, because who he is is going to get rid of that fear that you're feeling at this moment. It's important that you know that Jesus is there. You have no reason to be afraid or be in fear because of Jesus. None. Disciples didn't quite understand that at the time. 
That's the reason he told them, listen, guys, I'm here. Don't be afraid. Now, one thing I have found out that in order for the to be calm in around you, to have calmness around you, I need to have calmness on the inside first. When I have when I'm calm on the inside, then everything else around me is calm. The storm may still be there, but I'm calm on the inside. The storm is no problem to Jesus. He's speaking to me, and he knows exactly what needs to take place. You see, Jesus, it's amazing. Jesus came to them doing what? He came walking on the water. And this water was all over the place. It was in the midst of the storm. But he came walking on their problem. And guess what he wants us to be? In the same spot. To walk on the problem and not to have the problem to walk on us. See, he wants us to be above and not beneath, according to Deuteronomy chapter 28. That's where he's always wanted us to be. The storm is no problem to Jesus. If you've got something going on in your life right now, and it's really trying to tear you down, don't, don't be afraid of it. Don't sweat. It's no problem to Jesus. Uh, for instance, uh, many people at this time uh, in the United States or around the world might be sick. They might be diseased. Guess what? Disease is no problem to Jesus. Why? Because he's already taken it on the cross. So don't look at the storm. Look at Jesus. Jesus is saying, you have no reason to fear. I'm here with you. And whatever's going on, I'm going to calm you down. We're going to get through this because, you see, I told you we're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. Now, what Jesus says, it will take place. Now, let's take, for instance, uh, Paul and Silas. You remember those guys? They it seems like they were always getting in trouble. Why? Because they were preaching the gospel. They were sharing Jesus wherever they went. And it got so bad, always, that they were thrown into prison. In Acts chapter 16, and in verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, they were thrown in the inner prison and shackled, and here they are worshiping God. How many people do that? Why? Because, you see, Paul and Silas were calm on the inside. They could worship God. They could praise Him. They were exalting him, singing praises unto him, hallelujah. Sing, they say they're singing hymns. Well, it's probably a good old Methodist hymn. <laughs> you know, hey, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me. See, he, they, they were just worshiping God. Why, why should they be in fear when they can worship God and, and that's all. They, they know Jesus is with them. They've been doing what Jesus asked them to do. That's what the disciples were doing in the boat. They were just doing what Jesus asked them to do. Why get caught up in the fear when there seems to be a storm? 
How many of you have been thrown into a prison? Don't raise your hands. <laughs> uh, I haven't, but I've been in prison to minister. But uh, I haven't quite made it there yet. I don't plan on going there unless they might throw me in the prison for preaching about Jesus. I'd be glad to do that then. Then I'd start a prison ministry. Hallelujah. <laughs> well, that's what Paul and Silas were doing. They just worshiped and praising the Lord and everything. And all of a sudden, God showed up. How do I know that? Well, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open. All the doors were open. Hallelujah, they were free in there. They could go. Wait a minute. But they didn't go. They still stayed there. What in the world are they doing? Don't they know they're free? Yes, they know they're free. You know, I believe this is my insight. I'm going to tell you this. This is what I believe. They were not worshiping God to be delivered. They were worshiping God for who He is. When you do that, everything else will come to pass. When you worship Him for who He is in your life and acknowledge Him and to seek Him and to look to Him and just worship Him, all the problems that you might be facing, <laughs> they just seem to disappear. He might have to send an earthquake just to, to shake it, you open to you know that you're, you're free. But they stayed there because God wanted them to. God wanted them to because the jailer needed to be saved and his family needed to be saved. They had an assignment. You see, in the midst of the storm, you could have an assignment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Disciples had an assignment in that boat, wasn't it? They were going to the other side. <laughs> so that's what they were supposed to do. Now, so therefore, yeah, yeah, I always get to that point, don't I? Yeah, therefore, therefore know this. Know that Jesus is with you. Yeah, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, that's great. He's always there. You may not feel, you may have felt that you straight away, but guess what? You just turn around, he's right there. <laughs> yeah, you may not feel him at the time, but he's there. I shared with someone yesterday on the phone, listen, Jesus is right there with you. He loves you. He's caring for you. Worship him. Praise him. Hallelujah. He's there. Second thing, no. Second Timothy one seven. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, it's not God that puts you in this fear. It's the devil. That's where the devil works. He works in trying to get you upset and trying to rattle your cage and trying to get your, your mind all out of whack. But confess to yourself God, you have not given me a spirit of fear, but I, you have given me power, love, and a sound mind. What is this sound mind? A mind that has been delivered, rescued, revived, protected, and brought into a place of safety and security. Woo! Isn't that great? In other words, 
you're in the presence of God so much that you're so protected by God and your mind will acknowledge that because you have a sound mind. No longer are you affected by all the problems of this world, all the opinions, all the insights of professionals and all of this. No, you're not affected by that. So, know that Jesus is with you. Two, know that he, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Third of all, be firmly planted in the Word of God. For instance, Colossians 2, 6-7. We're going to end up with that this morning. Colossians 2, Colossians 2, 6 through 7. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, you have received Him, you're born again, you've acknowledged Him as your Savior and Lord, you want Him in your life, you've yielded yourself to Him, now, so walk in Him. <laughs> walk in Him. Walk in Him. In other words, stop walking in the problem. Walk in Jesus. <laughs> when I walk in Jesus, I walk on what? Where was Jesus walking? He was walking on the water. I, I, oh, yeah. That means I can walk on top of the problem because I'm walking in Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, the problem, what problem? There's no problem. I'm walking in Jesus. We've got to get our mindset out of the natural and into the supernatural. That's where we need to be. And I need to know that I'm walking in Jesus. I'm not walking in any problem. I'm not walking in the situation that I'm facing in this life right now. No, I'm not. Well, I'm not walking. I'm walking in Jesus. I'm walking in Jesus. Get that in your mind. He's already in you. Now walk in Him. Hallelujah. What else did it say? It says, rooted and built up in Him. Oh, in other words, I'm to be firmly planted in Him. Yeah, to be rooted in Him completely. Why? So that I can then build on that. So that I can build on that. I, can, I need to build... A, uh, how many of you have had a house built before? Yeah, uh, uh, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. we go out and put the walls and the uh, ceiling up, put the windows in and all that. No, you don't do that first. What do you do? You have the foundation laid. Then you build. Without the foundation, <laughs> the house is going to blow over. <laughs> for sure. No doubt about it. So, you got to be rooted in Him. That's your foundation. Then you can build. Then you can build in your relationship with Him. Then you can build your life to where whatever happens, what storm? There's a storm? I didn't recognize. Really? I didn't know. You see a storm? I don't see one. No, not me. Because I'm building on Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, what else do we have here? 
rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Established in the faith to make firm, to make secure in the faith. Now, how do I get established in the faith? Let's see. Well, oh, I've got the measure of faith. That's what the Scripture says in Romans. Now, how, how can I get established in the faith? Let's see. Oh, Romans 10.7. Oh, yeah, 10.17 says, Yeah, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if I'm going to be established in the faith, I'm going to get into the Word of God. And I'm going to meditate on the Word of God. I'm going to stick into the Word of God. I'm not going to stick on to what the news is saying or what people might say. I'm going to listen to the pure Word of God. And there be people who teach that, and that's good to help you. But you need to get firmly established in faith by the Word of God. So I'm going to walk in Jesus. I'm going to be built up in Him. And I'm going to establish my faith in the Word. Because you see, that's the only place that my faith can go to. I don't have faith in what somebody else is saying. I have faith in what God said. And what He's saying to me right now. Alright? Now, what else does it all say? As you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding in what? In faith. As you have been taught. How many times have you been to church? Well, I've been there about 30 years. How many times have you been taught? Oh, every Sunday. Well then, are you abounding in the faith that you're taught? Are you being taught the Word of God? Then are you abounding in it? In other words, thank God with, with thanksgiving, that's what it says, with thanksgiving that you have grown in your faith and you abound in it. You have an excess, super overabundance abounding. Hallelujah. It's just not getting by. It's just not getting by. I, I came to the conclusion this morning that I've got to stop limiting God. Yeah, it's just, just this morning. I've got to stop limiting God and let God be God. And in order to do that, I've got to abound in my faith and trust God to do things and trust God to work things out. And I'm going to thank Him in advance for what He's doing. So, if you've got a storm, what are you going to do? If Jesus has told you to go to the other side, what are you going to do? How are you going to get to the other side? Are you going to get upset? Are you going to miss Jesus? Uh, are you going to get caught up in the storm? Are you going to try to get there yourself? Are you going to realize that Jesus is with you and you're not going to be in fear? You're going to have a sound mind and He's going to direct you. He's going to show you what you need to do. And you're going to praise Him and worship Him as Paul and Silas did in the jail. And next thing you know, you're there. Praise the Lord. So let me pray for you today because we're going to get to the other side. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that we're going to the other side because you said so. 
No matter what takes place between here and there, we know that you're with us. We know that you are always there telling us to be of good cheer. Do not fear. Don't, don't be afraid of anything. Because Jesus is with us. We're going to the other side. Know that for sure in your life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As I watch the world around me, I can see 